the Why Watch That Talk. Dear goodness, are you, we are, is there a surprise that we're doing TV? No. No. TV is here to stay and it's not letting up and it's coming with a vengeance. So we better get cracking right now. We're going to talk about some season premieres, some series premieres, and some ta-ta season finales. Bye-bye. First, let's do the season premieres. We're going to go with PBS's... Cold dog, yes, the wind blowing in your hair, the sweeping music, the riding at the seashore or the ocean shore. Oh, cold dog, take me away. It's season four, folks, and uh, George Wieleggen ain't letting up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I am totally caught up with what is being shown now, and I can't stop thinking about my hair blowing in the wind with Poldark. So, yes. Yeah, so, uh, like you said, it's season four of this heart-palpitating romance. That's what I call it. Hmm. It's set in Cornwall, England, during the late 18th century, and Ross, played by Aiden Turner, well, he has plenty to contend with, of course. His wife, Demelza, played by Eleanor Tomlinson, she's striving to get over her affair from the last season, but it's not like Ross is innocent on that count. He got a baby by another girl, so, you know. (laughs) Also, Demelza's would-be lover, Hugh Armitage, played by Josh Whitehouse, has plans to become an MP. That's a member of Parliament, if you don't know. But he's the second choice after Ross, who declined the position. Mm. What's going on with that? Mm. One reason why is that Hugh is not feeling well. He's ill. And but good Dr. Dwight Ennis, played by Luke Norris, he's trying to help him, but he can't really figure it out. Mm. And it's important that someone strong is in this position so they can challenge the sniveling George Warleggen. I just want to smack his face every I mean, literally smack it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's played by Jack Farthing. He's the opponent. And of course, he makes for a nasty little MP. Mm. Now, already. He's encouraging, this is George, he's encouraged the hanging of Demelza's brothers. What? Both of them, too. Both of them. Just for some revenge. How does that turn out? Mm. Now, the whole thing going on in episode one is there's this grain that's being sold to foreigners. People are starving in Cornwall. They need justice. Where is it? Mm. Can Ross do anything about it? Plus, the younger of Demelza's brothers, Drake, and that's Harry Richardson's character, he, if this goes through, is going to be hanged in front of the love of his life, Morwenna, played by Elise Chapel. And that can't be because the Poldark fans would riot in the streets. <laughs> my goodness. You know, I would, I would riot just in my own little street. Just riot. Just <laughs> yeah, so, my own stuff. <laughs> we know that's not going down. Plus, she was married off to the cowardly and cruel Reverend oh. Osborne Whitworth. <laughs> Sucking on people's toes. Ugh. Played by Christian Brassington. Now, Morwin is the cousin of George's wife, Elizabeth. And that's the one who's Ross's former lover. And she's played by Heida Reed. So Morwin was married to this uh, imbecile because of George, of course. Mm. I mean, this all comes back to him. Now, there are a couple of brighter things to report to wrap this up. The good Dr. Innes and his wife, Caroline, played by Gabriella Wilde. They have some welcome news to share. And Prudy, my girl, who's <laughs> Ross's servant, played by Beatty Etney, 
She's always on the lookout for nonsense so she can give her two cents, which actually turns out to be pretty sound. For once. <laughs> and that, by the way, is just episode one. <laughs> okay, it's just episode one of the new season. What are you? What are your thoughts there, Ref? You know what? If you are not li- watching Pull Dark, just just listen. Empire, watch out. That's all I yeah. have to say. Watch out. I Seal- mean, look. <laughs> okay. Just so I can say, if everything show and movie had a little bit of Pull Dark, I think they'd all be better for it. <laughs> there you go. Seal Team on CBS is in its second season. Oh my goodness. This. This show pumps out 22 episodes a season. Who does that anymore? Well, SEAL Team does. Yeah. And it's uh, season two of this military drama. Jason Hayes, played by David Boreanaz. Uh, He's the leader of Bravo Navy SEAL Team. Uh, But he seems to be in denial about his post-concussion syndrome, which reared its ugly head after his helicopter was shut down at the end of the first season. At the moment, he's staying on the couch of his now ex-wife, played by Michaela McManus, who's worried about him. Of course, he doesn't want to listen. And in what seems to be a hypocritical stance, he still doesn't want Ray, his former number two and confidant, played by Neil Brown Jr., he doesn't want him to return to the team because Ray lied about an injury he sustained, which led to a mistaken killing in season one. Mm. So Jason still doesn't trust Ray, who's now training new SEAL recruits as his injury heals. However, Ray's wife, played by Paris Fakri, she has some ideas about how Ray should respond to Jason. Yeah, watch that last name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she says hey, maybe you need to do something a bit different. Uh Uh-oh. So while Ray's off of the team, Clay, played by Max Therio, well, he's going to fill in. But Sonny, played by AJ Buckley, is always ready to remind Clay that, wait a minute, you're just the interim number two, young buck. Also, Sonny, well, he's got problems with the drink, let's just say. So is there something lurking in the horizon with that? But he does have Lisa, who's played by Tony Trucks, and who takes care of the logistics for the team. He has her, and she comes to the rescue, but how often can she do that? And rounding out the cast are Jessica Paré's CIA agent, Mandy Ellis, and Judd Lorman's commanding officer, Eric Blackburn. So look, this show by now is a well-oiled machine. It doesn't do anything fancy or fussy. They go to work, pure and simple. And that's what I appreciate about it. Uh, they understand where the conflicts are, both interpersonally and in regards to the missions, and they know how to execute the procedural elements. So it's a show with a clear purpose. Do with that what you will. Mm, AMC has The Walking Dead. You will not believe this. It's season nine. Nine. Oh nine. Oh. Mm. And they've killed off just about everybody. <laughs> and we know that some others are leaving. Yeah. So uh, the question is how far will this series go Mm. Uh, with some key people gone killed um, and or just kind of walking off into the dusk yeah (laughs) Uh, so at the dawn of this season the communities of Virginia all of them they're attempting to move toward a better future after the defeat and capture of Negan played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan aren't you happy about it well you didn't like Negan uh, we'll, we'll get to that now, in, <laughs> in Alexandria, 
Rick, played by Andrew Lincoln, like you said, in his final season, is still in charge. Michonne, played by Denai Guerrera, is still by his side. However, since Rick made the unpopular decision not to kill Megan at the end of season eight, how long are they gonna follow what he has to say? Mm. Well, there's someone at the Hilltop community who definitely has something to say about that because Maggie, played by Lauren Cohan, has just been elected as its new leader. Mm. Even still, the former leader of Hilltop, the man who says, I built the place. Well, he wants his power back. So how is Maggie gonna deal with that, especially after tragedy strikes? It ain't good. Mm. Plus in regard to Rick, Maggie has different ideas. Mm -hmm. So wait a minute, she goes, maybe what you're doing with Negan isn't right. What about the remaining saviors who were Negan's followers? Maybe we shouldn't be supporting them. Hmm. Huh. Now, the same kind of ideas are going through Daryl's head, played by Norman Reedus. He is now in charge of supervising the saviors. And he wants out. Hmm. But he does get some help in the form of Carol, played by Melissa McBride. She is now, stick with me here, she's staying at the kingdom, another community, with the king, the king wants to put a ring on it. Mm. She leaves him, though, to go to Daryl and help. Now, what's going on with that? I don't know. Oh, dang. So is she going to be Queen Ezekiel? We'll find out. And that leaves the final community of Oceanside, where they have a new leader in Cindy, played by Sydney Park, after the death of her grandmother. So the question is, what or who is going to be the threat this time? Of course. They're always walkers, right? There's always the threat of the humans, the living ones. And Negan is locked up in Alexandria, but how long is that going to last? And as the season progresses, there's a new villain that's going to come in the form of Samantha Morton. She's the leader of this group called the Whisperers. It doesn't sound like anything to mess around with. So, like, look, we talked about the Negan character. I just... It was too much for me. It took them too long to get us to this point. No offense to Jeffrey. So it was nice to see him locked up and out of sight. Mm. Okay. It was nice. Uh, I enjoyed watching them set things up at the beginning of this season, in the first episode, right? We always know they try things and they fail and all of that. There are all kinds of conflicts that are going to be festering here. So there's plenty for the writers to play around with. I just hope they do it without forcing things. They don't need to, okay? And we really won't know, though, Ref, until the whisperers show up, how this season's going to shake out. So for now... I'm cautiously optimistic. CBS has Madam Secretary coming back for its fifth season. Yes, another 22-episoder. I mean, CBS is famous for that. Yeah. And let's see what... I mean, she's been the Madam Secretary for five years? What is going on here? I don't understand. (laughs) Well, she is planning to run for president. Hmm. Hmm. Now, at the opening of the fifth season, Madam Secretary's running late to a meeting at the West Wing. Right? And while she's away, rushing there, a shock rocks the West Wing to start. Whoa. And the question is, who is left standing? Before we get the answer to that, though, we're taken back to a week before when Madam Secretary played by just everyone's favorite, Taya Leone, and President Dalton played by Keith Carradine, along with Chief of Staff Russell Jackson played by Zelko Ivanek, 
They're told of India's continued mistreatment of its Muslim minority. So the secretary wants to issue a condemnation and the president agrees despite Russell's wariness. But will they go through with it? And what will be the consequences either way? Look, you got the leaders of India and Pakistan. They're about to arrive in Washington to talk about denuclearization. So the stakes couldn't be any higher. Now for help, at a pivotal moment in the episode, Elizabeth reaches out to whom? Madeleine Albright, Colin Powell, and Hillary Clinton. Yes, they show up. It's not a, a mad, her imagining. They show up in the office, so they guest appear here. She also Wait, has to deal the real people? The real Madeleine Albright, Colin oh, wow. Powell, and Hillary Clinton with lines. <laughs> Ah! Okay. So they were like, give us our check. <laughs> They're SAG members now. That's, I should have counted. I don't know if it was under five for each of them. It may have been over. <laughs> anyway. So she also has to deal with the opinions and actions of her husband, doctor of theology, and CIA division head, Henry McCord, played by Tim Daly. He doesn't make things any easier by running his mouth. Plus, her daughter Stevie, played by Wallace Curry Wood, has her own much less world-changing problem to contend with. Does she want a real career in Washington, right? Because she would be in her mother's shadow. Is there any way for her to get out of it? Now, that is the setting. This season, as I said, starts off with a bang, literally. And that's a good thing. Because you perk up and go, wait a minute. Oh. And that's not always the case for this show. But what I do have to say is, look, it's always nice to have this back on the air. I love its brand of optimism. It echoes the West Wing in that way. It's a drama for grownups. And the cast is solid. Taylioni and the rest of the actors, they fit their roles like a glove after five seasons. And I always feel like I'm in good hands with them. I just hope that the writers come up with enough moments to keep us on our toes. It's the balance question for them. I just hope they strike the right kind. Okay, The Flash, CW, 22 more episodes, fifth season, go. Well, it picks right up where we left off in season four. The Flash has defeated his arch nemesis, DeVoe. In the process, a new character appears to help XS, who happens to be the daughter of The Flash. Mm. And his wife, Iris. What? <laughs> okay. What's she doing here? I, look, she ran back 30 years in time. I can't even. So now she has some interesting things to say about the future, and that's dangerous because you can disrupt the timeline. What's going on? But she does let it slip that she's never met Barry, the Flash. Mm. In the future, he goes missing. Now, this is not a shock for us. There's always something with him in the future. He's missing, he's dead, they gotta do something about it. So we have that again. Hmm. Now, the other thing is, Excess seems to wanna keep her distance from her mother. Why? Now, the rest of the team, we got Caitlin, AKA Killer Frost. She's trying to get her powers back. Ralph, who's the elongated man, has some interesting news on that front regarding Caitlin's father, who supposedly passed away many years ago. Cisco, known as Vibe, He's still trying to get over his broken heart. And Wally, who's Kid Flash, he's visiting Team Flash before he goes wherever he's going. Mm-hmm. We got the foster fa- father of Barry and Iris and Wally's father, Joe. His baby mama, Cecile. They now have a baby daughter. And Cecile still can read people's minds. He doesn't really like that. 
<laughs> and there, after that, we get to this. Who's the new villain in town? He's named Cicada, played by Chris Klein. And at the very end, he tells this little mini villain gridlock. He goes, I want all of you to die. Now, just who is the you he's talking about? We're going to find out. And where's Tom Cavanaugh's character? Ah. Now, as always, we got multiple conflicts here. It comes from the same sources as always. Of course, we have this arch villain that's going to cause utter destruction and heartbreak. But the question is, can the writers come up with enough ideas to keep it from getting stale? Last season, I thought they went to the well one too many times with DeVoe. I hope they don't do it here. As long as they keep it fresh enough, it's good. But look, I always, always, always enjoy this show's cheesy inventiveness. That's its appeal. All right. CW is not stopping. We've got Black Black Lightning coming in with season two. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know what? I really need to get started on this because I hear it's adventurous. So what kind of adventure are we on for season two? Well, in the aftermath of season, season one, we have this drug green lightning. It gives people superpowers, but at a severe cost. And it's ravaging poor inner city black communities. And it's led to extreme police brutality. Okay. (laughs) That's what's going on. (laughs) Just set that up right there. So, of course, there's a movement on the rise. One of its leaders, by the way, is Clifton Powell's preacher character. Get out of here. Get out of here. In addition, Jefferson, also known as Black Lightning, played by Cress Williams, he's not quite sure of what he should do. He has enough to worry when it comes to keeping his school open because the school's board has it out for him and he hopes he can sway them. So, you know, he, he has all of these different things to contend with. And by the way, one of his longtime friends is on this school board played by Robert Townsend. And I just got to say right now. <laughs> the irony of that. I'm going to give you something else here, Ref. The name of Robert Townsend's character is Napier Frank. Now, if you reverse that order, it's Frank Napier from Lean On Me. Yes, I know. And they have a scene that it's just like the courthouse scene between Joe Clark and Frank. So they're having fun, is what, in other words. <laughs> I was like, what am I watching it? Okay, so we have that. Also, since Jefferson is distracted, his daughter, Anissa, who's Thunder, decides to take matters into her own hands. But what about the younger sister, Jennifer? Her powers are continuing to develop and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what's happening. Huh. Mama Lynn, she's got problems to take care of herself. Plus she's worried about Jennifer. But she is a scientist who understands green lightning the best. But this agency that's behind all of this stuff wants to keep her in check. And there's a new head agent of the agency who's played by, and you won't believe this, Bill Duke. And he goes, oh no. He goes, Lenny, I'm gonna tell you something. I know you're lying to me. I'm getting to the bottom of it. You are not safe. I'm coming for you. I gotta watch this. (laughs) Now, another person getting to the bottom of things is Jefferson's good friend, Deputy Chief of Police Henderson. He's finally figured out that Jefferson is Black Lightning. Yeah. I guess it just took taking the glasses off. Now, there's also Jefferson's former vice principal and turncoat, Cara Foudy. She has to deal with this agency, too. But before she confronts them, she has to go to Tobias, who's Jefferson's mentor. 
I'm sorry, she, before she confronts Tobias, who's this villain, she has to go to Peter Gamby, who's Jefferson's mentor, gotcha. for some help. And she reveals that what she's been doing isn't right to him. He tells it to Team Black Lightning, of course. Now, of course, when she meets Tobias, things ain't going to go well for either one of them. Plus, there's Painkiller, another villain. Oh, I can't even. Who was dating Jennifer, the younger daughter. He's on the prowl, and I'm going to tell you this, he ain't killing pain. So the conflicts from season one continue in season two. We still have this retro R&B and funk soundtrack. That's a good thing. There's <laughs> still a whole bunch of preaching. Uh-huh. It'll fill every pew in America. <laughs> but it's fun. It has enough flash to keep things moving. And it, I just wish this. The whole, oh, what are we going to do about Jennifer's powers? If that would go away, I'd be happy. Mm. Um, that would turn Lynn from a nagging mom into the scientist with her own agenda, full-fledged, and that's enough. Uh, they're getting there, but I just speed it up. Speed it up. Yeah, yeah, it is Black Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a part one break, Oof. and we're gonna come back in part two to talk about some of the series premieres and finales. So for now, I think we've given you plenty of homework to do, listeners. 